Hello and welcome to the latest Robin Pod, which is of course powered by Budget Size Auto Centre, the only car specialist trusted by the players, club officials and supporters of Hulkingston Rovers. On this week's Robin Pod, I'm delighted to be joined by a podcast regular, James Perlin, as he joins me to help look back at our uh, defeat to the Sheffield Eagles in our first game of 2024. We've got Statman Reese join us from the Leeds Rhinos Lock Pod as he helps us preview Sunday's game against the Leeds Rhinos and we round up all the latest news from Hulkington Rovers. James, it's a belated happy new year. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. It's uh, getting counting down now to the new season, getting excited. So, uh, yeah. Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, Christmas, New Year seems uh, a long, long way, <laughs> a long time ago, doesn't it? And we're, it we're, does, yeah. we're getting back into the to the thick and fast of uh, rugby league. Um, yeah. I mean, we, the we'll longest, talk about the longest the January ever as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, financially more than anything, <laughs> it's an absolute killer, isn't it? Um, let alone the fact that Rovers keep bringing out new gear all the time. So it, it's. Uh, <laughs> It does yeah. hit you in the in the wallet, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Let alone the fact you've just had Christmas and New Year, James. I mean, uh, we'll just start off with your expectations for for twenty twenty four, and obviously we had a, a great twenty twenty three. We was close, but I suppose not close enough to to lift something. But going into the the new season, what are your expectations? Oh God, um, I think the thing is that after last season, I think the expectations been. Raised a quite a significant notch. I think, you know, this time last year when we were looking about where we thought we'd be, that we thought, you know, get to the playoffs, we'll, you know, be sign of progress. You know, Willie Peters' first season, but I think, you know, last season, you know, clearly, I think we, we, we I think we exceeded most people's expectations, even our, even most of the <laughs> most most of the Rovers fans. Um, so I think my expectations for this season are, I think, given the quality of players we've got brought into the club. I think you know we've got to see some sign, you know, further step on in progress. So I think minimum is fourth again, um, but realistic, I think we need to be pushing for third or second. And then as for um, a knockout cup, you know, I think realistic, you know, we've got to be aiming for for to uh, the right right what happened uh, last August. Yeah, and James, just just listening to what you just said, right? And the, and this is the mindset that we've. Thankfully, I think got out of. Can you believe your expectations are, are what they are? And I'm not saying your expectations are, are outrageous, but what I mean is the fact that we're talking about um, a minimum top four place. We're talking about Challenge Cup final. We're talking about lifting silver as an expectation, not as a not as a dream. You know, we're, we're almost. And, and I think that that's helped. You know, we talked about it so much in the last podcast. What the expectations and actually as supporters are, we need to we need to grow as the clubs grow in and, and and expect more and demand more, and obviously that increases pressure. But it's it's for a long time it's uncharted territory, isn't it, to be talking about what we hope and what we expect? It, it, it is, and it's just you know, I mean, I'm I'm old enough to have been around in the um, in in the in the eighties, you know, when it was this same level of expectation. It was sort of, you, you know, you'd be you know, pushing to be league champions. You'd be pushing for cups. And obviously at the time then there was more available. So you'd be pushing for those and the expectation was we'd win at least one of one of them a year. Um, and now, you know, 
because of the progress we're seeing on the pitch, off the pitch, just just really you know feel good factor around the club. As I said, the quality of the players that we're bringing in, you know, you know, you know the likes of Tyrone May and and Gildart and and Hiko, you know, you, you know, a few years ago we would never dreamed of bringing being able to have those sort of players within the uh, within the squad. But now, you know, even we're now talking about who we're potentially bringing in for next season. You know, the likes of Tom Davis, etc. You know, it just it's, it, it just the the mindset has completely changed, and it's great. But we just you know we need to be think you know to be to cement our position as you know getting to be you know a quality team and not not justifying that that grade A IMG rating, but just say look you know we're a club we're a club on the up, but we need to be getting silverware and progressing off the on the pitch as well, and that's why I think the expectation is a playoff. At least, you know, getting to th- at least second or third. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about Davis. You mentioned him. Uh, we'll come on to that later because it's uh, it was very interesting to see what Willie Peters had to say earlier mm. about um, yeah Tom Davis and, and potentially uh, recruitment for twenty twenty five. But um, I tell you what, James, let's start with our first preseason fixture of twenty twenty four. We're only playing two friendlies. Of course, we fe- played against the Sheffield Eagles. At Craven Park on Sunday, we've got the Leeds Rhinos up next. Like I've already mentioned, we're going to preview that later on in the podcast. We're very fortunate to have Statman Reese from the Lot Pod join us later on to, to help preview that. It'd be good to get his thoughts as well on as a neutral on Hulkington Rovers prospects and and to hear more about maybe uh, one of our challenge from one of our challengers who could be the Leeds Rhinos uh, this season. Um, James, preseason friendlies, the funny aren't they? I mean. Um, I'd love to go through the, the science yeah. of them because it must be so hard for a for a head coach to prepare for them and 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 for the players as well to to because it's it's not like football, is it? Where you can have a preseason friendly and sort of go through emotions and still still yeah. play a game. Yeah. Rugby league is a game where if you don't go at it full tilt, you risk injuring yourself, you risk injuring yeah. the opponent. You you know that said. Yeah. Um, Players don't want to get injured to leave because they want to be <laughs> want to be there for when the season starts. So um, we saw a youthful lineup. You know, it was a mixture of uh, reserve grade academy players. We did see a smattering of uh, first team players, and I'll I'll read some of Willie Peters' comments out a little bit later on because it's interesting now about why them first team players were mm. playing uh, yeah. um, and why them in particular. Um, but when you saw the, the the squad and you saw the lineup, James, I mean, um, they still had, you know, there was still a bit of quality there. There was still a bit of there was interest from me because I was really interested, James, to see how some of these young players who have come through the the academy setup, you know, the much heralded academy setup, Jason Everton doing a fantastic job there. I just wanted to see them out in the first team setting and see how the the did. And 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 I tell you what, James, I think they did all right. I thought they did all right as well. I think, you know, I think when I saw the squads before the game and I thought, you know, looked at the Rovers one, looked at the Sheffield one, I thought, looked at the Sheffield one, you know, it's full of some really, you know, sort of good, good, solid players, you know, have been around for a while, got some good up and coming players in there. Obviously, they did, they did well last season in the uh, in the championship to get to the um, to the playoff. And I looked at the Rovers squad and I thought, God, it's going to be a tough afternoon, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a fr- it's a friendly. It's a preseason friendly. It's given it's blown the cobwebs away. There's there's no expectation on the on the outcome, etc. The key thing is that 
you know, no no players from either team get injured, get a long term injury, um, and that you know that's the ultimate thing that you you want to, you know as an outcome from a friendly. But I think yeah, I thought they had a really good go. I thought you know a bit worried about after the first you know fifteen <laughs> minutes or so when we were ten 0 down and we hadn't even got our own half. I don't think. Um, but you know, the fair deals to the kids, the young kids, they got you know the knuckle down, and yeah, you know, defensively I thought we were fine. You know, a couple of little um, blips, you know, that in the first try to uh, Ben John Bishop. Um, but now they really got into it, and I thought they played really, really well, and some really good strong performances. And I thought, you know, Louis Gorman at the back, I thought he looked, he looked a you know top player. I thought you know impressed with Tennyson when he came on. It was, and it was, it was great to see them and thinking. Actually, yeah, the stuff that you know Jason Netherson and the, and the team are doing with the academy, you know, and where we need to be going in the years to come, and bringing in our own, you know, players from the academy, you know, it's it, we're going in the right direction. And again, it's another positive yeah. thing that's happening around the whole club. You know, we can yeah. see progress in that area, which is you know an area that in in the past, you know, we've we've, we've not had that luxury, but now we, you know, we've you, know, you look at something like Zach Fishwick. You know, he almost feels like a veteran. And he's he's only 18. Yes. (laughs) You know, when you're sort of seeing that sort of thing, you're just thinking, yeah, that's how far we've progressed as a a club. Yeah. I mean, you was worried. I'll tell you what, James, I was worried after the first, I think, about 15 seconds when I saw Sheffield (laughs) racing through. (laughs) And if it wasn't for the forward pass... I mean, yeah, Sheffield yeah. must have been absolutely, you know, I, I didn't have the angle to see whether it was forward or not. I mean, it was a get out of jail for, for Rose, yeah, wasn't it? it was, but, yeah. You know, but, you know, it, it's tough to get a side together. If you go through that 13, you had Louis Gorman at fullback, uh, Louis Senior on the wing, uh, Harvey Moore, Connor Barley at centre, Neil Toshoma Baby, uh, Toshoma Bay uh, on the wing, uh, Phoenix, Lulai Tuhai, and then Lenny Ellis in the halves, Yusuf Aydin lining up at prop. Reese Butterworth at hooker, George King in the props, uh, Corey Hall, second row, AJ Wallace, second row, and Matty Stoughton at loose forward. So there was enough experience then. And this was a, a Sheffield side who'd gone well in the championship last season. You know, a lot of seasoned professionals in there. Um, great to see Chris Wellham back out on the pitch and he got a yeah. warm welcome from the yeah. from the East End. You know, never forget his contribution to the red and white of Hulkingston Rovers. And then you go through the list of substitutes. Obviously, it's a line, uh, a long line of interchanges. Uh, Zach Fishwick, great to see his brother um, Barney Fishwick on the bench with, along, uh, with him, Leo Tennyson, um, Harvey Horn. You know, a long list. And, and what surprised me, James, is actually, although the Robins got off to a slow start, it was when George King and Matty Stoughton went off that the actual mm. comeback yeah. in, in, in inverted commas came on and yeah. we got back into the game when two season yeah. pros. And I'm just going to come to this quote that um, Willie Peters, I've only seen it today, um, and he was questioned about the lineup for the Leeds Rhinos game and why some of the senior pros played against Sheffield. Willie Peters has said, uh, there are some players, and I won't name players, that have all that have really that have had really strong pre-seasons who play today, and others who haven't had strong pre-seasons, uh, pre-seasons that play today. That's why some players played because they need to prove themselves in games that haven't proven themselves in pre-season. It was an opportunity for them to prove prove themselves in a game. So, if you look through that list of senior pros, James, you'd imagine. Uh, Matty Stoughton, AJ Wallace, Corey Hall, 
George King, uh, Yusuf Aydin, um, maybe PLT at a push, are probably the ones who have either impressed or not impressed Willie Peters, mm. which is why they're lined up. And and to be fair to them, I think they all stood up and they all put a good shift in. The, the one, um, you couldn't pick anyone out to say that, that they definitely didn't put a shift in, which puts them in the, I suppose, in the, in the, uh, in the frame to probably play against Leeds, maybe, but it's going to be tough, isn't it? Competition for places is hot. Yeah, it is, and I think you know I was I read those comments as well today, and I was, I was quite you know I was quite surprised because I think you know before the game we're thinking you know well you know why is he playing King? Why is he playing Stoughton? And just, like I said, just a smattering of things. It's yeah. more was it about you know these sort of the sort of players who perhaps just need a bit more you know runnings in the legs to sort of get them get them going, etc. But I think it also just shows again the probably the changing attitude that Peters have brought to the to the team. Basically, if you're not performing, you're not in. Yeah. You know, and I think wh- whoever you are, and you know, obviously, you know, the likes of King, Stoughton, you'd probably sort of put those down as you know guaranteed first teamers on the basis of what we saw saw last season. Iden probably more on the sort of um, on the periphery, and AJ Wallace obviously wanting to sort of prove himself. But they've all got first, they've got squad numbers, so they affected the first team. And yeah, it's just saying, look, if you don't book, knuckle down, <coughs> you don't put the effort in, and there's there's plenty of place, there's plenty of other guys in the squad who will bust their gut to get get your place in the team. Yeah, it is like the million dollar question, isn't it? When you look at them senior pros, which ones mm. are performing in pre-season? Because um, George King, well, maybe. Uh, Corey Hall, I think he's already been talked about how, how well he's done in pre-season, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, he was been he's been his versatility has been tested, which is why he lined up in the second row. Uh, yeah. Matty Stoughton, I mean, don't forget last it was last season, last pre-season, there was um, Matty Stoughton. I think he got he got a few question marks put over him by Willie Peters in terms of how he yeah. how he performed, and, and obviously he came back in during the season yeah. and he got, he became a stalwart of the side, but he, he needed mm-hmm. a bit of a a kick up the backside. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, AJ Wallace, um, I thought it went very well. I thought he looked yeah. looked very strong. Very yeah. yeah, very solid. There was, um, yeah. you know, some big runs, some big tackles. He looked very much like he was putting his name in the frame to to be in that starting lineup. Of course, there's, there's people in front of him. Um, mm. So, he, he is fighting for that, that position. Um, interesting, there's a question from uh, Baza. What's your thoughts on PLT? Do you think he's had enough chances now? Um, he's, he's, he's a funny player, isn't he, James? Because he, he, he sort of falls in between a few positions, but doesn't yeah. quite nail himself into any one of them positions. Although I do think there's undoubted talent there. I It is hard to make a stake a claim for him to start, let alone see where his future might be for King's Rose in next season or the season after that. Yeah, it does. I think, like you say, you know, I think he came as a fullback, and he's been sort of played like you know a few times in the uh, in the halves when he's had been in the first team. You have to think, you know, would he get in the fullback spot this season? You know, you've got we've got Hiku, we've got Evels, you know, who potentially you know, could potentially slot in there. You, I think the way Louis Gorman played on on Sunday, you'd say, well, actually, yeah, he'd pretty much shout for your fullback. So then it says, well, would you put PLT in the, in the halves then? And Maybe the the thinking behind his selection in the halfbacks on on Sunday from Peters was, look, 
you know, I've got I've got Lewis and May as my first choice. Obviously, Abdul's been shipped out. We know there's a vacancy there for a, a backup half. You know, we we are actually looking at the market, but hey, hey, Phoenix, here's an opportunity for you to go out there and uh, show me what you can do in the halfback position. And to be honest, I don't think he's sort of played as well as he perhaps he could do. Certainly, there's a talent there. And I think he could sell as well. He's probably getting a bit frustrated with with things. You know, I think there's a couple of times where he didn't make touch with the um, with the, with penalties. Um, and it's almost thinking it probably is a sort of the sort of player that probably needs a run in a team. So I just wonder whether you know the, the view might be he goes out and learns somewhere for for you know for a period to get, yeah, give him some confidence and actually get that regularity of playing. You know, yeah, well, Mikey Lewis, didn't he, when he went to York? You know, and look how sort of he, you know, it's basically brought his talent, you know, developed developed his talent, and you know, you'd have to say, well, you know, for Mikey to go out to likes of Newcastle and uh, and York on loan, he did him a world of good. Could be the same for PLT. Yeah, and he's still a very young player as well. Still, you know, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Because yeah, no, no. He has... not writing him up. You're just saying he probably needs that experience yeah. and that that continu- continuity of um, of game time because yeah. he's not getting One the play... reserve grade, is he? He's not really getting the reserve grade because that's so that's so hit and miss at the moment. No, I mean Keith Pollard. Great to see you on uh, watching on YouTube, Keith. Uh, what chances has he had? He joined the club as a fullback. He's never had a run in that position. To me, whenever he got on, uh, whenever he got on, he never let the club down, and I probably echo that. He, he hasn't let the club down, but yeah, I suppose enough. that's the minimum. It's about what yeah. you do above that, and, and mm. yeah, we'll see where his chance comes. And, and James, I think I agree with you. I think uh, a season at a, a team in the championship potentially, you know, bossing players around at a young age, mm. you know, senior pros in a championship side, learning the. I think that's maybe where his chance yeah. is. And and Louis Gorman, I mean, got high praise from Woody Peters. Like you say, that fullback position has actually maybe been covered by, I mean, you've got Petter Hicker in the, in the first team, Nile Evels. Uh, yeah. Woody Peters has talked fondly of him playing that fullback. You've now got Louis Gorman, who's stated yeah, to claim exactly. to be that, that backup player. Woody Peters, not as adverse at the moment to moving players around. Louis Gorman, it's not his natural position, fullback. But I'll tell you what, Two tries, four uh, kicks from uh, four from four in terms of goals, and, and he looked assured. He looked he looked every bit one of the first team players playing. He didn't take a backward step, and he and he seems to just have a bit bit of class, a bit of guile, but a bit of power as well. And um, he is one who got talked about as being one of the star performers against the Sheffield Eagles. And you know, for me, he, he's someone who's now people have got eyes on him in terms of. Where his future lies at Hulkingston Rovers, because if you if you if you saw how he performed against the Sheffield Eagles, he, he performed very well. He did, he did. I mean, you know, you obviously got a backed up uh, Lenny Ellis for his first try, but that second try, you know, when he, he just basically brought down the the, uh, the Roger Millwood stand side, and then going to set the full back on here and uh, just rounded him, and it was just you know it was sensational stuff, you know, and. Yeah. Like say it just didn't it, it didn't look out of place, you know, solid kicking, solid defensively, you know, showed a you know really good strong turn of pace. And like I said, you have to think he's gonna be he could he would be in the potential for that fullback spot if we you know end up having to sort of go further down the squad to put somebody in there. Yeah, 
He's a he's a he's a great talent. Um, I tell you what, I got a bit up close and uh, not that personal with uh, Neil Tushomabe. I tell you what, as a in terms of a, a physical presence, um, I know he's still young, he's still raw, um, but he's got size and he looks every much uh, got the athletic prowess of a player mm. and and. You know, I can see why the Robins snapped him up from yeah. Leeds Rhinos from their academy setup. Of course, like I said, he's raw. There still seems to be, um, you know, lots to work on there. But if he if he progresses over the next few years, fills out in terms of his muscle and his pit, you know, he's there looks like there's a lot of potential there with him. There does, yeah. I can't, you know, totally totally agree on that. I think yeah, there is the you know he's very raw, um, so you know needs that experience. But you just look look at his height, you know, he's got the height, and he just looks as you just just felt looking at him. If he got an inch of space, it'd be off, you know. Nobody nobody would catch him, and it's you know that you know he's got that potential to, for to, you know for the sort of player who could get get people on the feet, you know, just really excited to see to see you know a player to basically burn you know burn just with sheer pace. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes on. And you know, he's come from the Leeds, you know, Leeds Academy. And you know, at the end of the day, he's come from the Leeds Academy. He's, he's going to be, taught, you know, everything's going to be coached. You know, he's going to be coached well. He's going to have that, you know, ex, you know, talent and taught the right things. So the fact that we've been, I think, being able to get him, I think again just shows how far we've come on. And then not just thinking, you know, we are building, building for the future. Yeah, and there. Uh... Couple of things before we bring Statman Reese in from the Lot Pod Lee Dranos podcast. Uh, Corey Hall, second row, um, did all right in the friendly. I'm not having him in Super League playing second row. No, no, we, I think yeah. we were talking before the game, we raised eyebrows when it went in there. Um, it just it doesn't, doesn't look a second rower. Um, like I say, it didn't do anything wrong, but you know, you can say he's never going to play Super League in second row, I think. But then, saying again, I think you know, Willie Peter said it was the, to broaden his experience and broaden his, his potential role. He's been playing there in, in, in doing that role in, in pre season in, in training. Um, so maybe that's when you know where the clubs see him going, you know, long term in, in the future. But you've seen that also, I think he played there for Wakefield in the second row at some stage. So, yeah, yeah lot, I, think I think it was, it was, it was an interesting selection. It's an interesting selection. Yeah, there was a couple of sideways crabbing runs. What he did, where I thought, yes, mm, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, lots, yeah, lots, lots of, lots of, lots of, lots of meters, but all of them sideways. <laughs> yeah, well, he filled in. He did a job. Um, Louis Senior. I mean, he got caught with position very early on. Um, you know, a few question marks on where Louis Senior fits in. You, you suggest with the, the, the signing of Burgess that. Louis Cena is probably way down the pecking order. I think he's out of contract at the end of this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. A player I like. I think he's he's mm -hmm. he's got something about him. Defensively, he does just seem to offer up a bit to the opposition uh, on too many occasions. Yeah, I again agree with you on that one. I think he, he he's got he's certainly got the skills. He's got he's got the, he's got the speed. Sorry, but I think you say defensively he does. He is a bit suspect every now and again. Um, and it's probably the sort of thing that you know obviously Willie Peters isn't going to stand for, and probably that's why Burgess has come in. Interestingly, you know, Burgess only got a one year contract, so it's probably a question of what they're probably doing is saying, you know, to senior, look, you've got a year left on your contract, 
prove his you worth another one. But by the way, we signed Joe Burgess, who was on a one year deal, so he's got the potential to come in and uh, and be that wing spot, you know, going going forward. So yeah, I think he's it's probably quite an important season for for for, uh, for senior. Uh, but then the question is, how much game time is he actually going to get? Because you know you got to think, well, we've got Ryan Hall on one wing, Joe Burgess on the other, potentially Evels as as well slotting in. You just think. Yeah, his, his, his chances are going to be very, lim- very limited and it's probably going to be again down to what happens in reserve grade. And as we said, given the uh, the ambiguous nature of the reserve grade at the moment, it's, uh, it's going to be, his chances might be sure far between. But yes, I, I don't like him. You know, he's got, I think you can see there's a winger there, but he's just got too many I think, brain farts in d- defensively. Yeah, and the... Uh... The last thing on the Sheffield game, credit to the Old Kingston Rovers supporters who turned in great numbers. I mean, uh, the club don't release attendance figures, but I reckon there's the best part of four to four and a half thousand there, which is a uh, great testimony to the support uh, being offered up by Hull Kingston Rovers supporters, especially when it looked like the, the lineup. I mean, we could all predict it was probably not going to be the strongest yet. We turned out mm. in great numbers. So, credit to everybody who did pack out Craven Park. On Sunday for that game, the Robins travel to Headingley on Sunday for the second pre-season friendly of the season. We take on the Leeds Rhinos in James Donaldson's testimonial. Of course, a former Robin who represented the side, uh, the club for four seasons. Uh, to help us preview that fixture and look ahead to that game and talk about Super League in general and Hull Kingston Rovers and Leeds Rhinos is somebody who's been on the podcast previously. It's Statman Reese from the Lot Pod, Leeds Rhinos Podcasts. Hello, Rick, gentlemen. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I know it's your all matched up. Obviously well, I was impressed now. by your green screen background, Jono, so I felt like I had to get the brand out there myself uh, on our side, so I had to up my game. Yeah, yeah. I, you've been a, a very busy man. You was at the Leeds Rhinos Media Day just a couple of days ago. Uh, yesterday, in fact... Uh, yeah, yesterday in the Rhinos camp at the moment. So the it certainly feels a lot more collective this year. Um, I think what's sort of been highlighted is a bit of a split camp last year, and I think some of the bad eggs have gone. Um, I think you saw some of that publicly last year, uh, mainly Blake Austin, you know, and I fell foul of that. It was someone that I was praising. I even started doing Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff on the podcast, and then very quickly. That turned very quickly um, and mainly down to Austin as well. So I think that sort of toxicity was present. But the understanding of what I've seen and what I've been told, it does feel certainly more, a much more of a collective squad this year and a much better feeling in camp. And that's what's been said by a lot of the players, um, not just yesterday, but throughout pre-season. Yeah, I suppose Leeds' expectations are always high. Um, yeah. You know, quite rightly, you know, one of the biggest grounds in Super League, one of the most successful sides in Super League. Um, I suppose, is Ruin Smith under a bit of pressure this season to deliver? I was about to say, I think this the, the expectation this year is bigger than normal. I think the expectation is that Rhino should always be in a final, whether that's Challenge Cup or the Grand Final. It should always be in the top four, you know, and never mind not in the playoffs. So last year was a big disappointment. Um, it's now Rowan Smith's second full year. You know, he got a three and a half deal when he signed. The club have splashed out, you know, three and a grand on bringing, Sol- um, you know, Brody Croft and Andy Ackers. 
we've had a you know bringing players in like Lackey Miller, Momorowski. So I think the expectation will be higher. And but I think Rhino fans in general will have to just be patient in the first couple of rounds. Things do not click straight away. Um and especially when you've had such a big change in squad uh, as well. But I think in the long run, we're certainly a better position where we have been in previous seasons. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, James. When I look at Leeds over the past couple of years, I look at there's a lot of uh, square pegs in round holes. Um, Reese, do you think you've more got uh, round pegs in round holes this, this year? There, there, there seems to be a bit more of a... Um, the right type of player coming in to replace players who probably departed and, and seems to be a bit more of a... Uh, the recruitment seems to be a lot better this season than in past. It, it, the recruitment just felt quite obvious this season. It felt quite obvious to go out and go get one of the best halfbacks in Super League and equally one of the best hookers in Super League as well mm-hmm. in Andy Akers. And getting them both together was brilliant. Um, we needed an elite centre. to. I don't think we really replaced that role Last year, obviously, Nene did have a fairly good year with us, and you know, the less said about him, the better. Um, to be honest, the way that he uh, left left the club, um, but you know, I don't really want to have a season where you've got um, Morgan Gannon playing at halfback or Reece Martin playing at centre. You want people playing in their roles. I think we are still a bit light in some areas. Um, in some and in some areas, I think that benefits us. So, for example, if Lucky Miller goes down, it's going to give. Some academy players, a, a chance like um, Alfie Edgel, who's got um, a lot of good noise about him. At centre, it gives people like Max, Mimf, uh, Max Simpson and Jack Smith a shout, who have also been excellent in pre-season. Uh, but I think at prop, we are light at the moment. You know, we've already lost Tom Holroyd, uh, Kieran Hudson, Michael Good, one sort of a half prop because it's a prop, you know, prop second row. Um, so we're already sort of looking light already, a bit already there. But one place we aren't lacking is second row. I think actually, if anything, we've got too strong a depth at second row. You've got Reese Martin, James McDonald, James Bentley, Morgan Gannon, and then behind that, you've still got Leon Ruin. So you know, I don't know how someone's going to have to miss out on a seventeen each week in that in that area, and that that could be quite frustrating for whoever that is. Uh, but I think that's down to Rowan to manage. Um, so I don't think we're a complete side. I still think we're in a better position, but we are still weak in some areas. But I think there are less round uh, or square pegs in round holes. Yeah, I mean, me and James already mentioned about. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've got eyes on him previously, Neil Tashomabe. Um, You know, I've seen I've seen highlights in academy, and I heard James say that if he gets the ball in his space, he's gone. And honestly, I've seen it in the academy games. Mm-hmm. Once he got the ball, he was gone. He, he looked incredibly quick. I think there was a degree of frustration because of those clips that he did. We we did let him leave so easily, mm-hmm. um, but I. On the flip side, I take that as confidence that Lee's Rhinos are confident in the mm. in the people they've got in the academy coming through as well. So, you know, we've got uh, another kid called Ned McCormack who was an England rugby union uh, under 18 caps. So there's other players in there. Um, you know, Jack Smith is another one as well, potentially. Um, that's the that's the view that I've chosen to take. But certainly from the highlights I saw when he did get the ball, he was quick off the mark. He was soon gone down the pitch. Yeah, and James, I mean, Lee's Rhinos... Um, whatever your opinion about them as a club is, I mean, you've got to praise them for, for the amount of talent that they churn out, the amount of players they, they feed Super League with, whether it be, you know, eventually, whether they leave their academy, you know, they end up at other teams or in the championship, then come into Super League. You know, they've got a phenomenal uh, production line of players, which is why 
players like Neil to show a bit, you know, whether we snatched him from Leeds or whether they felt he was surplus to requirements, whatever the circumstances, they do just churn out players and players all the time, don't they? They do, and I think, you know, again, that's, you know, for me, that that's the benchmark. That's where, you know, other clubs really need to be aspiring to. And, you know, the structures that Rovers are getting in place now with their academy, you know, they're obviously sort of seeing what Leeds are doing, the importance of bringing the young kids through and the quality that they're bringing through. But I think it's also important that they're building that culture within the whole club. So it's not, you know, it starts you know, from the first team and then just goes to the whole club. So when players are coming in from that academy into the into the into the reserve into the first team, you know they're all part of that whole, whole system. We all everyone knows what the, what the club means, and you know we're building that now. I think, but like I say, Leeds, you know you've got to hand hold your hold your you know doff your cap to them for what they've done over the years and just what the, you know they brought to the game. And you know at the end of the day as well, you know they've got that production that's come through in the academy, and they've seen it come through into winning trophies as well. So, you talk about yeah. that one club vibe, James, as well, and something that Rowan Smith has brought into the Riders is this collective mm. training session that they do at the end of every year, which is PDRL, LDRL, Women's Scholarship, Men's Academy. It's everyone that puts on a Rhinos jersey comes down for a joint training session. It's about that one club vibe. And I think, if I'm mm. right, it seemed to say KR do something similar recently. I'm, I'm yeah, right. yeah. I don't know if you've seen the photo that they did at the week, released at the weekend. They've got 365... That players it, yeah. who play, represent the whole KR, you know, yeah. across all, you know, men's, women's, you know, PDRL, netball, you know, academy, scholarship. And it, it's a great to see. And yeah. I think, you know, that's that's the future for me of where clubs, you know, cl- clubs need to be going. And it's it's not just, you know, it's about building it building it within the community as well. Um exactly, yeah. you know, so tremendously important, you know, really, you know, it was really inspiring seeing that photo as well. If I take you on one tangent, Johnny, if the next academy player that you need to look out from a Rhinos perspective, there's two. One is Jack Smith. He's been excellent in pre-season games this year. But the other one is Fergus McCormack, another player that we've stolen from England Rugby Union, which they weren't very happy with. But as a halfback, at the moment, we're saying he's a crossover between Sam Tonkins and Danny Maguire in one player. He looks incredible at only 17. (laughs) So give it four or five years. I've got a feeling that if we can keep hold of him, um, there's definitely a... An unbelievable player coming in. The well, I was just going to say, Reese, I look forward to seeing him in the red and white of all Kingston Rovers. Yeah. Very soon. No, won't work like that. You've had one year at the top of the Yorkshire charts. It won't happen much longer. Yeah, yeah, he's interesting. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned Ruby Uni as well because James um, Willie Peters uh, was alluding to the fact uh, in his comments again earlier today that we was very close to signing a, a winger from Ruby Union. Obviously, at first grade level, more than more than uh, academy, uh, but it shows that the net's being cast a bit wider mm. for all of rugby league in terms of rugby union. Of course, we've seen the financial problems that um, a few of their top sides have uh, suffered from, and and I suppose um, maybe the the, the tide's turn, starting to turn in terms of the talent drain from rugby league going to not only the NRL and, and, and rugby union, but potentially coming back the other way now? Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I think, you know, we've had, we've had, um, obviously, Dave, for me, Dave Bishop is the one that stands out as coming from uh, from rugby union to, to, to Rovers. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, sometimes unexpected areas where you can unearth a diamond. And yeah, it, it 
and I think you know Willie Peters is probably you know he's got that knowledge about the game and he can if he can spot something then you know why not go for it why not go for it as a dual yeah, code definitely. not not like professionally clearly not because I'm I'm young and fat um but you know Yorkshire has a massive Yorkshire rugby union talent pool and it's just not tapped into because there isn't a professional team here you know I think about Hull you've got Hymers one of the obviously the private school that's very good at rugby you've got Hull Ionians and Hull rugby that are all high level there mm. I think there is a I think if rugby league can especially with the stuff that IMG have been doing and the new branding and that everything's coming through. If it can mark itself correctly, you could see more players coming across. Yeah, and the, I'll tell you what, just my my, uh, my eldest team plays rugby league and rugby union. The sport does coexist. It yeah. does coexist. And 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 um, both codes have got to look at that as being a positive because, yeah, ultimately a player will decide which way they go, but expose them to as much rugby as possible at an early age, you know, before they get into the nuances of, of scrummaging and, and line out, you know, rugby, the, the real specific rules, but exposing kids to rugby as much as possible, you know, who knows where that could go. Uh, Reese, it's James Donaldson's testimonial on Sunday. Um, a player who uh, signed for Hull Kingston Rovers back in 2015, he, he played for the Robins for four seasons. He made 79 appearances. Um, I, did, I was a bit surprised by this, James. Although he made 79 appearances, he only had 27 starts. A bit of an impact player, mm. of course, coming yeah. off the bench. Um, scored 15 tries. Um, of course, he's he's gone on to Leeds, Reese, and, and, and his career has progressed, I'd, I'd almost say, from there. Um, what does he mean to Leeds Rhino supporters, and what do you think of him as a player? I think... The thing about Dono is he, you, you look at the size of him and he isn't the biggest forward you'll ever see. But one thing you'll never see fault from Dono is effort. Um, he will always put in 120% easily. You know, I, I we often laugh on our pod that he runs into contact head first. I don't know if he did this at KR, but he runs into contact at head first and he, he always wins a penalty or two for that, which probably is not advisable with the head contact rules these days. But, you know, one thing you'll always guarantee for Dono is that he puts his heart into everything and he plays 120%. And I think we there was an interview that James Dayton on BBC Radio Leeds did with him yesterday. And it was asked, what what does Leeds Rounders mean to you? And he got quite emotional and quite upset. And, you know, that that's the sort of player that you want playing for your club. The person that is literally, that gets emotional at that question, that, that bleeds that blue number, that that badge that you wear. So I think that is Dono's best quality. I will admit, I don't think he's the best player we've had and the best player's position. But I always know that when Dono comes on the pitch, he'll give absolutely everything. Which yeah, is, they... is, a, is a minimum requirement for a player playing for Rhinos. Mm -hmm. That's what I asked for. As I say, Reese, he, he made it obviously he made his name at the Bradford Bulls, but is it he's a lead supporter, isn't he? Is a is yeah, he a I believe player? so. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Yeah, obviously he's a Cumbrian lad, isn't he? Um, yeah, but I believe yes, I believe he is a, a Leeds fan. James, I mean your memories of of uh, James Donaldson. Of course, he he stayed with the club after we got relegated. He played in the Challenge Cup final. Uh, that that one that we uh, we like to forget. Um, what happened? Forgotten. Um, <laughs> I mean, and it, it was a bit funny how we departed the club as well at the time, wasn't it? It was a bit of a funny one how we how we how we left. But um, when you look back at him, you probably echo what Reece says about about his 
his, his, his ability, but his effort, his enthusiasm, his willingness to go, you know, into the dangerous plays and, and, and uh, almost disregard for his own safety to, to just try and cannonball his way through, put himself in, into a tackle he probably shouldn't do. Um, he, it's hard to, to, to have any ill feelings towards him because he, he just represented Hull Kingston Rovers, you know, with with a hundred percent passion, I suppose that is just him as a player. I mean, what are your yeah. memories of him, James? Just just really echoing what Reese said. I think you know he's you know he's, you know he's not he's not, you know, not the biggest player, but you just know that when he came on, you know he would put 120 percent into everything. And like Reese said, the number of penalties he would get just because the way he just charges into with no no thoughts or concerns about his own his own well being, he just charges in. And you can guarantee two or three penalties a game that he would get just from the performing like that. Yeah, always solid. You know, always put the effort in. And I must admit, when he when he did leave the club, you know, I was very surprised because I think he was a sort of player that, at the time, Rovers needed. You know, he was. I think we'd had a lot of journeymen coming through, and he was one of those players who you could tell. You know, he just put the effort in, and that's what we needed. <laughs> and I was I was actually gutted when he actually left. And, and I think it was Tim Sheens, wasn't it, who sort of let him go. Um, so, you know, when he eventually went, so it was a bit of a time lag, wasn't there, when he, before he left, after leaving Rovers, signed for the Leeds. I think he didn't leave the time as a try, on a trial basis. He was on trial for pretty yeah, much most Yeah, of then he sort of like. Um, and again, it was his effort that got him a contract. Yeah. And he signed up, and then obviously he won the Challenge Cup with you in uh, 2020 against Salford at Wembley. And, you know, I thought, yeah, one guy deserves a medal. It's, it's it's Donna just for for you know the sheer enthusiasm and you know what he brings to he brings he brings to a team you know and you know he's the sort of player I think you know, if you ask you know I'd say if you ask most Rovers fans you know they they you know probably say the same thing you know always hundred percent effort you know never you know always going headfirst in just and just putting that effort in which like I say all we can ask for for players. Yeah, and there's no doubt when he um, when he goes over to the Rovers fans on Sunday, he'll get a warm round of applause and an appreciation of his his time at the club. And he's, um, you know, I think the, it's fair to say he's not one of them players who trees, but actually, them players are the ones who go under the radar. And actually, when you look back, you go, "Do you know what? I wish we had a few more James Donaldsons mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if we did, um, Rovers in particular probably wouldn't have been." Suffering as much as we have done over the, over a few years, so it's um yeah the game the game needs um Dono don't they they need more Donos because it's them who, who allow the some of the other players to do yeah. what they need to do um yeah. so yeah um Ryan Smith Reese has named his twenty one man squad ahead of Sunday's game already he's gone he's gone super early um, super useful for today though because I can actually no, I can actually talk to you. And- Quite accurately, yeah. So he's he's um. There's a I mean, there's a host of players missing as well, Reese. But uh, it looks like you're gonna get the first sight of Brody Croft, Andy Ackers, Blackie Miller, Matt Frawley, um, Harry Newman, Reese Martin. Um, some players are missing: Tom Holroyd, James Bentley, Sam Lucioni, James McDonnell. Uh, what was it M- Momorowski? Momorowski, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that he's planned a holiday back to Australia in the middle of pre-season. Tell me about that. 
Now, don't, don't read too much into that, um, like a couple of Rhinos fans have done. No, it's at the time, Momorowski had a had another year left on his contract at Sydney Roosters. So when he's planning his future and future events, he's not the Leeds Rhinos contract wasn't at the table. Obviously, Leeds Rhinos are coming at the end of last season. Um, so he wasn't at a vendor contract. Um, and it was obviously part of the agreement that when we signed him, that he was allowed to go back for stuff that he had planned. So it was, it was planned leave. He's coming back to training next week. It's not ideal. But it still means that we've got um, an out-and-out centre and a really experienced centre, um, NRL centre as well. So, um, yeah, look, it's not ideal, but don't read too much into it. It's it's all planned. No, but the 21-man squad, race, it's it's um, more akin to a starting Super League side, isn't it? You're probably yeah. getting an indication of where Rowan Smith is going to is going to the direction of travel for him in terms of squad selection for that first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had two pre-season friendlies because obviously we had the Boxing Day game and in that one, it was a bit of a mix of starters and at the start and then the kids phased in later on. Um, to be honest, the kids ran away with it in the end. And then at Bulls last week, it was very much kids plus a couple of first-teamers that didn't get minutes on Boxing Day. So to this game on Sunday, whilst also being important for Dono's testimony and I think from a fan perspective, it's the first time we'll actually see that new spine. You know, we've seen Miller play, we've seen Ferrari play, but we haven't, and Akers play, but we haven't seen them take play together as a spine. You know, it's a completely new spine for us. So that's really exciting to see. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see the new structures in play. We saw a bit of it at Wakefield when the team were on the field, particularly more in the second half because we were fanning about doing short kickoffs in the first half, which cost us 16 points. Um, which I hope never to see. Uh, Eddie knows it's a big bugbear of mine. Um, but yeah, I think from my perspective, it's I think I want I want to see structure. I want to see that new spine linking in with Cam Smith in that ball playing thirteen role. Um, but I, like I said, I still I've still got a little bit of fear. Not fear. It might not be fear just yet. But I am a bit concerned at how strong we are up the middle and prop. When again we are without Holroyd and Lasone and Hudson. Uh, in the lead up to the game, but it gives yeah. Tom Nicholson Morton a chance. You know, we spoke to him yesterday. He had a great um, loan at Kiefer towards the end of the season last year. Made his debut against Cass. It gives players like that an opportunity to put their shirt, the name on the shirt, uh, in round one. Yeah, uh, we've not seen the whole KR squad yet. That's not being released, but we have got some early team news. Um, Jez Litton, he's definitely going to feature. He didn't play against. Sheffield Eagles, many people thought he wouldn't feature in pre-season at all due to injury, but Willie Peters has said that he's he's um, he's been training well and he, he'll be ready to play. He's only going to be spelled once, so he's going to start the second half. He's already revealed that. Um, Matty Parcell, uh, we're not sure whether he's going to line up on Sunday or not. He's expecting um, a young one. His, his missus is pregnant, so it's touch and go whether he's going to play or not. Um, on Sunday, so we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. Of course, we've got Reese Butterworth, who we signed um, last season. He played against Sheffield. He, he did okay. Um, he couldn't fill in that hooker. Uh, Jesse uh, Jesse Sue. He was another player not expected to feature in pre-season, but he's one who's been training really well. Willie Peters said that he will feature against the Leeds Rhinos only for one stint. So it'd be interesting to see James how many minutes. We do get out of him, whether it's a 20, 25-minute spell. Um, some players who won't feature, Sam Luckley, injured. Kalepi Tanganoa, he's injured as well. He's having hamstring issues. And Joe Burgess, I mean, he missed a, a big chunk of preseason in between his um, 
suspension with Salford and then signed for the Robins. I think he missed a whole month of pre-season. Um, so he's he's not playing against Leeds Rhinos. James, we're expecting a bit, of course, we're expecting a stronger lineup against the Leeds Rhinos. And um, it'll be telling to see who does line up because what uh, Willie Peters has done, James, is he's already stated that he's putting players in different positions on purpose. So when, so the lineup we see, we might see a few people playing out of position because he, he's, he's testing them. And, and I suppose the only thing is, James, as well, in between the game on Sunday against Leeds, you've still got another, well, two weeks before the first game mm. of the season. So the merits of playing your first team in that game and then having a, you know, a, a 10, 10, 12, 13 day stint between your next game, there's probably not a lot of merit in it. No, uh, I think that's probably, before last Sunday, I think I was quite surprised when I picked, how he picked such a youthful, youthful squad. Um, maybe I, I was expecting that Sheffield game, you know, a few more first teamers, give them 40 minutes, bring the kids on second half, and then play more of them in the in the, uh, the Leeds game, than to build up for the for the derby. So yeah, it doesn't really give them a lot of preparation going into that that derby game, does it? Um, but I said before at the beginning of the, the cast, it's you know the important thing as long as they don't get any injuries, that's all that matters really. You know, it's just getting blowing the cobwebs out really, isn't it? And just. Uh, Trying to get some new structures in place, etc. Um, just seeing how players go in, in different places. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see who, who he does play and if he does how much he does swap around. Yeah, I mean, Reese pre-season, it's not something you really enjoy, is it? It's just because it's it felt up... longer than ever, by the way. This felt like yeah. the longest pre-season for a while, maybe because the previous year we had the World Cup and therefore it was a bit shorter. But it has felt a really long pre-season. I don't know how it's felt mm. for you guys as fans, but I am yeah, it's funny, Reese, because we were talking on the last podcast, I was talking about how actually it was good to to have a bit of a longer pre-season because it had been such a frantic, hectic season for the mm. Robins that actually to take stock of where we are, um, there'd be so much went on in 2023 for, for Royal Kingston Rovers. A bit of a lull helped. Um, for me, though, pre-season just ends up throwing up more questions than answers. You know, there's question marks over everything. You know, there's so much scepticism. There's so many. Um, you've got no real clear sight of where we might be for that first game. And and yeah, don't get me wrong. It's just great to be watching rugby league again and, and being in the stadium. And, and no doubt there'll be a good crowd on on Sunday, Reese, for James Donaldson's testimonial. And 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 to um, you know, I, I reckon it'll be pushed on at least eight, maybe ten thousand. Maybe do you reckon? Well, we, we've got just under ten on Boxing Day, so I would hope the same for. For, for Dono uh, as his testimonial game on, on on a Sunday, good time. So I would hope for the same. Yeah, and, and James, it's, um, like I say, as, as, as much as pre-season throws up lots of questions and, and doubt and hope and, you know, everything, it is just good to be back watching Rugby League again and, and um, actually a game where there's nothing riding on it as well. You're not watching it biting, you know, biting your fingernails, <laughs> yeah. You, you're just able to, to, to go away at the end of the game and go, yeah, shrug your shoulders and go, that it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd say, like we said, it's been, it was a long pre season. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is good to get back. And it's, it was quite interesting that Rovers seemed probably one of the few last teams to get, be off the starting blocks in terms of playing the pre seasons. But then I was also surprised that Sheffield's Sunday's Sheffield's first game as well. So, uh, 
maybe that's the, uh, the the way they're going. I think because like Le- yeah, Leeds played Wakefield on uh, Boxing Day, it just probably ex- extends that preseason bit as well, and feeling as though the other teams have got got you know got got a run on you. But like I say, then there's a month off between them and playing on uh, on on Sunday. But yeah, it's, the season will soon be around, and uh, the nerves will kick in again. <laughs> Yeah, Reese. Um, in 2024, you are going to be able to watch more Super League rugby league than you've ever watched in your life. Um, a new streaming platform has been launched by Super League, which has been backed up by Sky Sports' own streaming platform. Um, I think the first two rounds of Super League um, are going to be aired on uh, Sky Sports. What's your thoughts about on the new deal? I think it's brilliant, to be honest. You know, I think we talk about wanting to market our game and I think the best way to do that is to show every single bit of rugby league that's played and there's live. And as a fan, I think it's great because when I, when Leeds aren't playing, it means I can sit in here and when I'm playing football manager, I can watch rugby league as well at the same time. And, you know, it, I, I think it's a fantastic um, deal. Um, I think if you don't have Sky Sports, I think it was £100 for the whole thing, which I think is incredible value. I pay £130 for the NFL for less games. Uh, Oh, no, probably, but actually, it's probably more games, to be fair. But I pay, you know, similar for the NFL. Um, But I think all this is signs of IMG now starting to have its effect on the long run. We've got a much better fantasy Super League coming, hopefully. And hopefully you've seen the teasers of the players reacting to their stats. The branding's much better. The videos for each team that Sky Sports have been releasing, the Betfred Super League have been releasing this week. It's Everything just feels so much more professional, even going to the fact there was billboards with players on it. And I know that sounds extremely sad, but it's something that's so simple and easy. But yet we've never had a full billboard in Leeds advertising the start of Super League and it's got Harry Newman all over it and it's fantastic. So I think all of these things are all steps in the right direction for the game. And I think clubs are moving that way forward as well. I know we can take the mic a little bit, but I know you've got a new TV screen at Craven Park. You know, you've got a new website. All those things are all happening at all different clubs because they're all getting pushed by each other because of IMG. And if you don't want to pay the money, as Baza says in the comments, just get a dodgy fire stick. It works the same. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say it's great, great news for anybody who's got one because if all games are going to be streamed, um, you've got every chance of being able to watch one. I mean, I think some some things have been missing the detail. I mean, if you've got Sky and you pay your subscription, you benefit massively yeah. now because if you've got a Sky Sports subscription, you will be able to watch every Super League game. Now, uh, in the detail, I think, is it four games every week will be streamed live and then... So that's Super League commercial. So my understanding is that the Sky Sports will have everything up to round 15, all six games, and then on their own platform, because you have a Sky Sports subscription, be able to get all the others. On Super League commercial, I believe, two will be delayed because Sky Sports have unique rights for that. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. And also, Mm. if you've got a season ticket for a club... You get a discount. You get a discount, and I think it's £99 for the season. If you, So if you don't have Sky and you want to watch, subscribe to the Super League Plus streaming platform and you want to watch every Super League game, it'll cost you 99 quid. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's good value for money. And even if you don't want to subscribe to anything, I'm just reading here, uh, it's £6.99 if you purchase before the day of the game to watch one game. And on the day of the game, it's £9.99. So a tenner to watch a game, 
And if you purchase it the day before, it's £6.99. I mean, that's outstanding value, I think. If if, it, if it's one of your teams, and for whatever reason, for me, if you can't get Swole Kingston Rovers, I don't have Sky, I don't have the um, Super League Plus, but I want to watch the game, you know, and I'd buy it the day, £6.99. <laughs> it's, it's outstanding value, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. It I think is, what's yeah. not being made... What I'm surprised that's not being made more of is the fact now, though, is that there's going to be a video referee mm. race at every single game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. and that's that's one thing I think also Sky Sports are producing all of this content and then they've then sold that rights out to the BBC. So it doesn't cost the BBC to make that because Sky Sports film it all and BBC then are paying to, to put those games on free-to-air TV more than we had with Channel 4. So, you know, that's all, all this part of the deal. It's all starting to add up a bit more. There's now a collective social media thing that all the clubs can use and instantly have clips from games. So, I mean, your rugby league, some of on our podcast said, it's probably the most clippable sport you can put out there. And now that all the clubs will have access to a central pool of all these clips, all these big tackles, all these tries in the corner that every week you go, that happens in rugby league every week. We can put those clips out and the clubs can do that straight away now. So all this thing is just evidence of positives for me. I, I don't think there's any negatives really of what we've seen. Yeah, James, you're looking forward to the new enhanced uh, expanded coverage of Super League in 2024. Um, I, I am, yeah. And I think, I think for me, the main point is you, you just touched on Chris is just the, the fact there's a video ref at each game now. And I know we sort of, you know, we, we call the video ref, you know, every week, etc. And you know, they, they don't get everything right. But for me, actually, level it makes it more of a level playing field. I think you know you have a lot of teams who are on Sky on a regular basis get the benefit of the video ref, etc. Other teams are not on as often, not getting that benefit. Now everybody's everybody's getting it, but as you, as you said, it's it's about exposing the game. Um, I think I'm you know particularly excited about you know the free to air stuff that's going to come on because I think that's you know the, the streaming service is great. Big people are you know they're having to sort of put, having to pay to watch that. But we just saw I think in the last couple of seasons with the you know the step change that Channel Four brought to the coverage, and I think the, you know the audience figures that they were getting. For watching games, you know, on a Saturday, you know, Saturday lunchtime, you know, if we rep- can replicate on the BBC, which is chances are we'll probably get even more because that you know they get the bigger figures from when the Challenge Cup's on as well. Anyway, again, that will all all hence, enhance the game and just help build that momentum behind it and just raise the, help raise the profile of the game even more. Yeah, yeah. Fundamentally, if you want to watch Super League and you absolutely love the game and you want to watch as many games as you can. It's very affordable in 2024. And anyone who says it's expensive or difficult, I can't comprehend that because it's um, when it's laid out, and especially if you've got a season ticket for a club, it's even more affordable. So it's for me, it's a it's a massive plus. And to be fair, all I would say is it's not groundbreaking. All it's doing is bringing us up to a level of many other sports. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, we've been lagging behind for a long time. We're only doing what everybody else is doing. Um, so thank God we are because it's been a long time coming. Reese, we've just got a few minutes. Um, Hull Kingston Rovers in 2024. It's always good to get a neutral opinion. We've got a brand new tipping league specifically for Hull Kingston Rovers launching on the Robin Pod uh, this season that Reese is going to be part of. What's your thoughts on Hull Kingston Rovers in 2024? Um, 
So I will admit I do have a bit of a soft spot for Corrana. <laughs> it's not because I'm saying this because I'm on a red robin. My dad went to Trinity House School in Hull, uh, and his soft spot was KR. Still a Leeds fan, was born in Leeds. But um, I've done a preliminary table today, and I've got you exactly where you were last year, which was fourth. Yeah. Um, I think you've made interesting changes in the in the off season, obviously in both on the pitch and in the coaching staff. So I think that'll be interesting to see what happens from that perspective. But one thing I just really noticed when I looked at some of the data from last year, which is because I do that because I'm boring. Like well, you've updated it now, Reese, because I, I, there was a spell last season where it was Well, no, it's Sean Kenny Dow's name that was the problem with that. <laughs> and, it, and I have updated it, I got behind. But yeah, Sean Kenny Dow's name was screwing it all up. But in the top 10 try scorers in Super League last year, Wigan had four of them. There wasn't anyone from KR or Leeds in that in yeah. that top ten, and I think if somewhere where KR need to hopefully improve is to have that that try scoring machine, which may work because Tyrone May got the third highest assist last year. So you you brought in one of the highest assisting halfbacks or highest assisting players in, in Super League. So I think if if KR can really nail that fluidity through time in May and, and create your wingers' opportunities to score those tries week in, week out, then I think fourth is really, really realistic. I was with Matt Shaw yesterday um, and he was very, very positive about the pre-season training camp that he saw. Maybe that's because, I don't know if they paid for it or if they, they flew him out there, I'm not quite sure. But um, he was very, very positive about what he saw in that pre-season training camp uh, and away abroad. So, I think KR are solid favourites for fourth. And if it makes you happy, I put Hull FC 11th. That's why I put them at the moment. That, that high? high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, London are in the league. And I'm not sure they'll pull as many trees as they did when they last went down, unfortunately. When they James, it's an down. interesting point, isn't it? That most teams will succeed and do well. Um, Lee last season had Josh Charnley. Uh, Wigan yeah. had Miscus. You need an out-and-out try score, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and, and, you do. and, and for whatever reason, all Kingston Rovers at the moment don't seem to have one. No, no, you also need a goal kicker as well, which is not really out of Pat for Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. And if we can get you know somebody, you know, two or three players who can you know, get about 15, up, you know, over 15 tries a season, up to 20, and even more, then yeah, that's what we need. I think a yeah. lot, if I look back to 2022, I mean, we were we were second bottom when we got in the grand final. I think that year, Ash Hanley had about 25 tries, mm. and you know, I think I think if you're always going to make those grand finals, I think you've always got someone that is at least a 20 20 20 tries a year. Obviously, Catalan last year had Tom Johnston uh, as their person that was bringing it forward. You know, Lee did so well. I mean, Josh Charnley, even Tom Briscoe got 14 tries last year at um, mm. at Lee. So I think I think if you're going to be in that final four if not the grand final i think you just have to have someone that reliably week in week out is odds on to score a try yeah and james i mean it's funny because willie peters um more comments that he made today um just before we came on the podcast was speaking to bbc radio homicide he said that tom davis is definitely a uh someone that we're looking at in 2025 but the signing of a new winger is dependent on what Ryan Hall says he wants to do. Mm. Um, Willie Peters has stopped looking at Ryan Hall as a number and he's just started looking at him in terms of what he does in training and what he does on the pitch. Um, if Ryan Hall decides he wants to stay on, it seems like he's almost got a contract waiting for him. 
Um, Ryan Hall, though, isn't probably going to be the 2022 tries a season player, is he? Because he does so much work in back play in terms of bringing meter, you know, making meters. So you look across to the other wing, yeah. uh, Joe Burgess, he's probably the most likely player to score, uh, to start on. Uh, on over on the right wing, he only scored I think four tries for Salford last season. Off the top of my head, um, I don't know. Is Pet Hicko at fullback going to be the try scorer when you start trying to pinpoint players who are going to be that player? Mm. Who knows? Maybe you're right, Jim. Maybe we need actually instead of one player scoring twenty two, we need four players scoring twelve. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think didn't didn't Hicko have a quite? I think he had a quite good strike rate when he played at Warrington, didn't he? I think he was got about eleven tries in about fifteen games or something like that. But then I think he played. You're going a long way back, James. There, you're going yeah, a long way. <laughs> not that far back. Not, not yeah. as far back as the 1980s I was talking about earlier. Yeah, D yeah, Dave Bishop and his yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all to be that's all to be forthcoming, isn't it, uh, Reese? What you what your expectations on Sunday? Just a decent hit out, no injuries. Uh, decent hit out, exactly that. Decent hit out, no injuries. I'll try not be stressed. I'll try take it as a normal as a preseason game. I I have to remind myself quite regularly during preseason that it is preseason. So yeah, I think the the things I want to see is that spine playing as we as we want it to play. Have that better attacking structure, which was just wasn't evident last year. Um, are probably the two things I, I really want to see. And it's the first of four meetings for us this year, isn't it? Because we've got three in the league and this is a pre-season. If we get each other in the cup, it could be a fifth. It could be quite a regular fixture this year. So we might have to get used to this pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Heading late, yeah. Not, uh, it, it's not a stadium that's uh, unfamiliar to Hulkings or other supporters, it seems to. You know, many, many journeys to Heading late over the years. James, what are your expectations for Sunday or hopes? The hopes game just a, just a good hit out and no injuries from either for either team really you know just blow the cobwebs away get some uh, you know effort into the legs etc and yeah just good hope it's a good entertaining game for everybody and I did forget one thing by the way I want James I want James Donaldson to get about five penalties for a high tackle on him that's <laughs> that's one and if he doesn't get an opportunity to kick a conversion I'll be very upset oh you're going for the old, the, the old football pre uh, testimonial get where the score up. Where they get a, a penalty, so you want him yeah. to. When, when we're thirty points up, Jono, with like twenty minutes to go, let's just let <laughs> Donaldson have a kick. Well, I wouldn't be surprised though if he goes off after ten minutes because he's got a HIA because he's putting himself. Yeah. Into that but if he won the penalty, that he's done his thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we go. But a huge thanks to, to Reese and James for joining me on this week's Robin Pod. Um, we, we'll, of course, we travelled to Headingley on Sunday for our second pre-season friendly if you're going to the game on sunday be loud be proud and remember to back the boys but for now live love and laugh and be happy Cheers, lads. Thanks for that. No, thanks for having us. Yeah,